Well, let's talk a little about the whole genesis of the It's Alive uh, story. Uh, how did that come together? It's like an hour and a half commercial for Planned Parenthood in a way, it seems. Well, I guess I got that idea for that story many, many years ago. I think I was in high school or something when I first came up with the story idea. Uh, and then uh, I had it in my head for years and told it to people. People were interested, but I had never written it down and made a screenplay out of it. I guess we ought to say that the story concerns a woman who gives birth to a genetic mutation, a baby monster, which goes around killing people. Which, in its own self-defense, actually, right. uh, kills. In the first film, it kills uh, the doctor who delivers it. And and, uh, and the and the and story a room full of order. And, yeah, and the story in, in the story revolves the uh, father of the child's attempt to uh, turn the responsibility away from himself, to deny the parenthood of the child, and to uh, uh, participate in its destruction. And finally, uh, upon facing the infant himself and seeing it and having the power to kill it, he realizes that it is his child. He uh, he he accepts its humanness. He sees the part of it that is human in himself, and uh, he tries in the end to protect the child, and he feels love for it. And it's a very moving scene, which was filmed in the, in the storm drains of Los Angeles, where he picks the child up in his arms, and the tears stream down his face, and he realizes that this is his child, and he does love it. You see, there's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. It's alive. Don't see it alone. Please. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. This week, baby horror. <laughs> I kind of felt like uh, last week when I announced my intent to take us into baby horror, I felt sort of a, a collective shrug in the room, a yawn. I think people felt like I was uh, coming in light this week or something. It wasn't what I was expecting. You thought I was coming in baby soft. I am baby soft, but <laughs> not in the uh, not in the film world. I love baby horror. I think baby horror is a, um, a rougher and tougher and broader tapestry than one might think because it's essentially body horror. It's like body horror plus. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate body horror. You know, two people are getting together and uh, with a bunch of body fluids squirting into each other and panting Ooh. and sweating and then they're squirting out this Ooh. slimy thing out of someone and it's no. attached to them and it has to be separated and then you know that's about as horrific as it gets um, but then there are all these other things that come with that body horror um, you know parental horror you know motherhood fatherhood raising kids being a kid like all that stuff it's it's a it's a rich uh, it's a rich field I think uh, a rich well for horror. You're milking it. Hey, there is... Hey, listen. <laughs> the other reason I like baby horror... I, what, you got I'm, something else? I'm Go nursing ahead. it. You're... Yeah. <laughs> I can't. So many puns. <laughs> well, it's interesting you should say that because one of the reasons I like baby horror is that I, if I shaved my face, 
I would look like a giant fat baby. <laughs> like that's if if you can imagine if you imagined a, a baby, a newborn baby that was like six foot two. Oh yeah. It was it was fat and, and <laughs> sweaty <laughs> crying. That's what I look like if you haven't seen me. I, no. I have contempt for bald people like you. I know because you because I have a theory that you guys actually do uh, get lots of lovers because of all, of all different sorts because mm. you make yourself look like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say... I thought you were going to say make you look like a baby. It triggers a maternal yeah, instinct. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they want to let me into their womb. That. All dick, it's all, all the time. Av- yeah, it's just advertising this dome. Mm. Anyway, I want to start with the godfather of baby horror in my mind. If somebody else can think of a, a different godfather of baby horror, an earlier, more iconic movie than It's Alive, then I would like to uh, to hear it. Rosemary's Baby? Um, there's no baby in that, though, really. Uh, but all the things that come with pregnancy, though, I mean, it's, it is it is a tough one to call, but... True. I okay, I, okay. Kinda, I don't know. I agree okay. with Trent on this one. Um, I think that's a fair point, though, Kevin. Th- this is kind of like, this is the trashy version of, re- this is the sequel but you to see Rosemary's the, Baby. You see the baby. This is the direct-to-video follow-up to <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. Um, this movie was released in 1974. It was produced, written, and directed by the great Larry Cohen. He's a legend in horror. Um, you should know Larry Cohen made movies like The Stuff. Um, he made Return to Salem's Lot less legendary. Um, directed a ton of black exploitation movies in the 70s, like Black Caesar, um, Hell Up in Harlem, stuff like that. He's written a ton of TV. Uh, he wrote the, or at least co-wrote, the Maniac Cop movies with uh, William Lustig. Um, he even wrote the remake of It's Alive. The, speaking of direct-to-video, 2009, we can talk about that. Um, and he also um, wrote and directed uh, two sequels to It's Alive, It Lives Again, 78 and it's alive part three island of the alive 87 i've now seen all four movies in the it's alive franchise and i really appreciated how it goes to the island for the last one of the the original trilogy there's not much in terms of plot this is about the davises frank and lenore davis they are uh kind of late life expecting parents they have an 11 year old child and there are hints in the movie that this was not a planned pregnancy. I want to talk about that. But here they are, and they've decided to uh, to go through with it. And the baby is born and immediately massacres every doctor in the room. That's how this movie starts, with a bang. This baby really knows how to be born, kills everyone in sight, escapes from the hospital, and you're off and running. It's baby horror. The baby's on the loose. It's like a monster movie, but it's a baby. Mm. I love this movie. I hadn't seen this since I was a kid. That was the main reason I wanted to revisit because this was one of the perennial, constant, always on the VHS shelf. Even if you were at like a corner store in the middle of nowhere, if they had VHS tapes for rent, they had It's Alive. It was there. You always saw that. The cover with the crib and the claw coming out. It was always always one of those. Um, I love this movie. I think it's aged incredibly well. Had a great time. I watched it a couple times. This is a big one for me. I think it's a classic. Uh, excited to hear what you guys thought about this. I feel like there was tons of scary like kids parental horror movies in the 70s. Like People were afraid of their kids in the 70s. And I was a kid in the 70s. I feel like my parents might have been afraid of me 
Um, but I liked It's Alive. I really liked um, the perspective of the baby. Uh, the camera just became <laughs> yeah. like it's like double lens kind of thing, uh, like just blurry and just quite like developed eyes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the soundtrack really carried this for me when I was watching it, um, mostly because like how inconsistent like 1970s horror soundtracks can be. Like I love like Last House on the Left and stuff, but we had talked about how. There's sometimes either this folk music that comes in in 70s horror movies or this like solid gold kind of sounding stuff that is really weird and it like takes me out of the horror element. And this had almost like a detective film noir but dark uh, dissident horror soundtrack that um, just made it like not as cheap as like you you said it was trashy in the text message and i was like oh i didn't notice it being trashy yet and it was because the soundtrack was so like sophisticated and, and perfect for every part um i liked um the acting actually i thought the acting was pretty good yeah i thought uh, so too i like the glimpses of the baby uh they're pretty subtle compared to what we see now um it was one of those you know early kind of monster movies where you just the, get the payoff at the end, uh, and you just see glimpses throughout to kind of to like raise you know the, the uh, I don't know it's, it's suspicion or uh, whatever suspense. Um, but and I also like in seventies movies, and this did a really good job of all the gore is really delivered from these really dry detectives uh, that are just like yeah. And that you couldn't even see half her face, and like, and it's like, and it, they're always like delivering these lines, and you know when they show up at the scene. Um, so I liked how little this movie showed. Uh, I'd never seen this before. This was like an iconic album cover. Uh, it was like I compared it to like the Grateful Dead. Like I put this on, and it was all seventies and old, and I was like, what the fuck? That album that movie cover is hard as fuck like why isn't this movie just coming right, right out the gate the font it's like so clean you yeah, had never seen this i hadn't wow uh, but anyway the why, the way it's like the grateful dead is i thought that that record was going to be so hard with the skeletons the on skull. it skull yeah. yeah i was like dude this is going to rock i remember my I, my grandmother took me to a cottage like on the beach and I was going to like, I'm going to just listen to music and hate my parents. Mm. And I'm going to buy this hard ass heavy metal record. And I bought like some, I don't even know what it was. And I fucking was Gross. so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's Alive was kind of like this when I saw it way back in the day. I turned it off. This time I watched it all the way through. I really appreciated it. It actually went pretty quick. Um, yeah. And it was paced pretty well. The action comes right in the beginning. And I didn't know anything about it. I didn't expect that cold open, which I loved. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been talking a lot about the VHS covers, Trent and Dave in particular. You guys have been down like this, like, I'll say 80s. And I, I know this is like 74, but you've been going through classic VHS covers. And this is one that my entire life I just assumed I'd seen. And I hadn't. The score is one of its high points. It's Bernard Herrmann, who did Psycho, Vertigo, Citizen Kane, Taxi Driver. Um, when I started, I looked this up a little bit because I was like, I've already seen this, so let me do a little pre-research. 
And you, I mean, you have Larry Cohen that you mentioned, Trent. You have Rick Baker on special effects. I mean, this guy yes, cut his yeah. teeth on The Exorcist I, and would go on yeah. to like, the howling. I mean, just look we him need up. To He's talk great. About, I, he I needs could, an episode, I think. Yeah, I could I could list off you know a, a ton of movies that he did, and also you know R.I.P. Larry Cohen. We lost him in 2019. Huge figure in the horror world. Um, I I didn't love this one, but like the more that we talk about it, like I'm getting a little bit more excited. I'm 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 appreciating it a little bit more because like you know Herman doing the score, Baker doing the effects. I think I went into it thinking like holy shit, like I'm about to see like a legendary film. I don't really think it's a legendary film. Like I think we talked a little bit like pre-roll about how it is kind of like a low budge, you know, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, Exorcist, like it was definitely playing off of some really, really like artsy and very well received movies at the time. Uh, but then I look at like this movie's legacy and I also look at its, you know, what happened to it in terms of like release. This ended up making over $7 million at the box office, but it's only because different executives kept coming in and somebody finally was like, no, this could work. We just have to market it this way. Right, exactly. It's, it was like, released two times, 74 and, 77. and, and then 77, yes. Like, I loved, like, I, I, I started to see this movie as, like, the little engine that could. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Uh, that being said, I wasn't in love with the acting. Uh, I think that John P. Ryan, who plays Frank Davis, who's the dad, like, his best acting trait was he put a cigarette in his mouth, light it, and not smoke it ever. That guy put like forty so butts in his mouth cigarettes. and never smoked any of them. <laughs> like, like, did you practice that? Um, I mean, I'm I'm kind of joking there. Like, he wasn't terrible. The thing for me, like, the horror is really, really good. Like that delivered the baby being delivered in that like shocking scene. Like, I did not expect that at all. Yeah. And the way that they pulled it off without actually showing the baby doing any of the killing is a really that's that's an artsy scene for like like almost mid 70s. Yeah, that's the best part I think. I think yeah, I mean and like Dave said like some of like the post scenes where like the really dry detectives were walking up on them and they maybe like roll the camera off. So like, you know, Baker had some good effects, but like it just needed to be like swept over by a camera. That was pretty cool actually in retrospect. Um but I just felt like nobody in this movie at any time was as upset as they should be. I wouldn't like be that upset. Like, baby just slaughtered in, in, like, half a hospital, and you're like, ah, I should probably go to <laughs> and work. And it's still on the loose. I thought this movie was definitely bonkers, but I thought it was bonkers in the best way. Right off the bat, you're hit with the craziness that is the deformed, murderous baby just annihilating the hospital staff. Uh, but they do it, like you guys said, in the Jaws way, as I like to call it. So you don't see this baby. Uh, you just see the aftermath of its carnage, I guess you could call it, in the hospital room. And then they wait until, you know, towards the end to show you the actual figure of this, like, spawn. Uh, so you're left to just kind of imagine the inf what the infant looks like. Um, obviously, though, with the help of everyone's descriptions, you know, throughout it, they're the people who've encountered the baby they're like oh it's got claws it's got teeth it's that blah 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 so you're like what does this baby look like so i thought that was my favorite thing is that you're you have your own image of this 
carnivorous infant, if you will, um, kind of running through the town. And then you kind of compare that uh, to what you see at the end. Um, I like, though, how they start the movie off by showing this very loving and like playful family, you know, like getting ready yeah. to welcome this baby in. So it like adds this very, it's like it, it, it adds this empathy towards them. Like you want, you get to know them and you're very into them. You like this family. And then, you know, um, t- I don't know, Kevin, I thought the acting was really good at this one. Like I'm like second guessing myself it was. now. It was, he I thought it was good, it was right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was good. It, and the production quality also, I think both of those like really hit it out of the park for me um, because it had such a ridiculous premise. I was expecting it to be like a very low budget, like weird stuff going on, but like the music was great. The acting was great. Um, I did want to see more gore. There were a lot of the weird... Like towards the end, you kind of saw like the weird like doll being thrown. There's at, not, like a person after the beginning. Not it's PG. That and that's what I realized. I was like, what? "Where's the gore? Where's PG. the gore?" Yeah. There's like blood, but they're they're not trying to show you anything. It's like very, like the you know the milkman when the milkman kind of gets it. Like you just see like blood coming out with the milk at the, the end. First time we probably said milkman gets it. The milkman <laughs> gets it. Um. But I don't know, like, once you saw the baby at the end, it was very irksome. It will probably haunt my dreams for a little <laughs> while, to be honest, with those little teeth. Um, in, like, the basement scene when he's, like, poking his little head out. He's like, woo. Um, but, yeah, I um, it made me feel some feelings towards the end also, which I feel like we can mm-hmm. get into later for yeah. sure. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely recommend this one. I. I liked this one way right. more than I thought it would. Cat. Okay, thank you. okay, you guys. Finally, somebody you knows guys what they're talking <laughs> about tonight. <laughs> and, and this is not peer pressure, but you guys like are in real time making me. Uh, I appreciated a lot of like what I was saying, like the history of it, how it was made, obviously the people behind it. I do still have some questions with the acting, but I'm realizing now that maybe I didn't watch this movie understanding that it was 1974. I, I thought that, like, John sure. P. Maybe Ryan was people amazing. just did. I mean, his He's actions so were very this. like very strange labor practice. Re the husbands, like in out, like playing poker well, in the delivery room. Yeah, yeah, but that's old days. Seventy four. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. wasn't necessarily like really taking into the time period that we were in. Um, there's also like a very questionable sequence uh, abortion conversation at the hospital well that let's get it this is uh yeah a year after the roe versus wade decision yes 73 so that's a big part of this movie and we talked about the the fact that they're later there was an unexpected or it was was unplanned so when they're uh, after the massacre has happened they're talking to the doctor and the investigator and the doctor says quite condescendingly we also have on record that you uh, you did inquire about abortion at uh, a few months ago or however many, eight months ago or something, and um, the Father Frank says, well, yeah, doesn't everybody inquire these days? But, you know, it was a question of convenience, but we decided to have it. And the investigator says, we all make mistakes. Oh! Yeah. So they, is, like, is that the same guy, too, that's like, uh, what does he say? Uh, people without children don't realize how lucky they are. <laughs> like, it's QAnon really could have like made the, both of the, these movies playing, <laughs> this week. They're playing tennis. Like There's yeah. a lot. There was also the, uh, I thought the fake science was pretty legit in this one. <laughs> Uh, and also kind of queuing on a little bit, but the whole the reason why 
they kind of hint at that the fathers had that conversation as well in the beginning uh, when they're all sitting around there. Uh, they're talking about uh, pollution and, and yes, yeah, chemicals and chemicals in the food, chemicals in the water. The one guy's about so there. This is a very like Mad Men almost. I, I would say kind of like there's a waiting room for the fathers, and they're all smoking and playing poker and talking about their jobs and um, banging on the vending machines and all this stuff. It's very old time kind of stuff. It's kind of like Springfield in the in the Simpsons where they, yes. they have the nuclear power plant and you. <laughs> And there's like the weird fish and stuff in the lake. But it's also like very topical to what's going on today. Like it gets into contraception. It's it's ripped from today's headlines, Kevin. Like the pharma guy that made like the the I guess particular yeah. type of birth control that the mom was on. He's like talking yes. to like the hospital and like yes. the, the doctors about like what like what the implications could be, the lawsuit implications. Like, yeah, you're right, Trent. It's like literally and, well, there's that headlines. there's that conversation between Frank and Lenore, the the father and the mother, where it's real quick when they're going into the hospital and he's all excited. She says something like, "You sure you won't feel trapped like last time?" Oh yeah, where the <laughs> fuck did that come from? Just, there's so to me, there's so much commentary. There's so many elements <sighs> yeah. of this. There's a lot going on that I think that's what rewards most of the movie where you're not seeing the baby that much you're not seeing the gore but you are dealing with all these all th this fatherhood yeah. stuff you know i think that's what made it so intense it had yeah. some very intense moments yeah to be honest like i would like i said like i was expecting to go come in here and be like oh it's a funny baby movie ha 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 and it was like no like the like obviously like the mother is struggling because this is her child and like when you first see her in the delivery room and everyone's been slaughtered she's like where's my baby you know she's like obviously concerned because at that point i don't know you think a serial killer has flown through the delivery room and <laughs> stolen the baby and like blah blah blah, blah, blah. that's what she thinks anyway and then like was great too. yeah and then they're like no the baby escaped through the ceiling so obviously this baby could fly i don't know they said like it escaped through the like yeah through this it through broke the through the skylight and the hole was too yes. small for too small for a normal human <laughs> how did yeah, it crawled. It crawled like Spider-Man. That, that was pretty shaky. That was pretty shaky. Yeah, but so then, yeah. So she's just like, even throughout it, I don't know. Like towards the in the middle, she's you kind of seem like she's a little indifferent. But then obviously towards the end, she's like, "There's nothing wrong with this baby." Like even though it's murdering motherhood, people. the maternal instinct is strong. You are right. It does pull on heartstrings. Like I, I don't necessarily still love the way it got there, but it was more the brother, the eleven-year-old brother at the end yes well, that's yeah. what that got nice me twist. and that's when i was like i'm rooting for the baby what pulled on my heartstrings <laughs> yes what pulled on my heartstrings the most is when the father finally like in the tunnel we're in the tunnel yeah but that's some 70 that's some old school bullshit but, where it's like oh yeah the dad the, finally wants to this dude this dude did away with this are, baby are you gonna say own. he's a dick because I love Frank Davis. Don't say he's a dick. He's a. I'm not saying he's a dick. Okay. I'm just saying is like, for all the social commentary that we're talking about, they clearly play up on, and they're not even playing up on it. It's just how it was at the time, and this is one of the reasons that I enjoy this conversation because I'm realizing it. That's just how they were. So they were trying to say like this guy was some sort of hero. Because he suddenly loved his child. Well, people thought he was a hero because he thought that he had to be out in front saying, like, I want to be the one to do it, which 
Lenora says, why are you so anxious to be the one to do it? Because they've deputized him, they've given him a rifle, and he's leading the charge because he's so he's so uh, insecure about being the father of it. That's a big part is his his fatherhood insecurity keeps telling people like, it's not mine. It's not my thing. That's, you know, I'll kill it. I'll be right out there. But then when he's confronted, you know, he has maybe a change of heart. Well, I think that's what got me. But I think a sequel a is like a Maury Povich episode would be dope. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel, ha- the, the first would sequel has- Would you like uh, to meet your baby? <laughs> the first sequel has two other babies, so there's three babies in the second one, and they're all like at a clinic. Well, at the end. That's the thing. They're like, Great there was end. another one born in Seattle or wherever the fuck, and I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. And that's like the pharma contraception thing. Both so, of, both of the movies this week have what I, I love the um, the last sentence ending where the yes. end of the movie is just somebody saying a sentence like um, Nightmare Alley which, w- from last year. The last thing is just a sentence that's like oh Ooh. yeah. I don't know. I I thought the father son thing at the end got me. Maybe because I have daddy issues. I'm not really sure. But towards the end when he's like he like scooped him up in his little coat and he's just like. I'm going to save you, pal. Like he, you know, but then ended up throwing him at a I person. Liked it. I was rooting you know? for the baby. But uh, what I was really baby. got me is is the brother. Was yeah. the brother being, and the yeah. baby was like not ripping the brother's face off. Well, that was the thing. The was baby's just with the trying, uncle. Yeah, the baby's just trying not to, you know, he just in, wants to be loved. And, and three, then it got in emotional. In three different ways, they all had a connection to the baby or her loyalty to the baby or mm-hmm. some sort of like, you know, brotherly, maternal, whatever. I think a, a big scene in this, and it's in the title, is the title It's Alive is like one of the iconic lines from Frankenstein. Um, and there's a whole, there's a scene in this where Frank, I never put that together oh. though, his name is Frank. There's a, a scene where he's signing away the rights to like let them kill the the baby if they find it and he gives this little speech about frankenstein says he says when he was a kid he always thought that frankenstein was the monster the boris karloff in the boots or whatever um but then he went to high school and he read the book and he realized that uh it was the doctor was and 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 then so he's having this whole conflict about who's the monster and i created the monster who's the real monster here maybe i'm the monster and i thought that was a big part of his psychology the whole time that's a nice Ooh. point. One thing that I didn't know until tonight was that it was PG. And in 74, like, that's why it made seven million bucks is because it was PG. And, like, back then, it was smart to be able to make a horror movie that walked that line, uh, you know, so you could get to a broader audience. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. I mean, this yes. is Gremlins was PG. And. Right. Started the whole like Gremlins and Ghostbusters started the PG thirteen conversation like Spielberg made it up. This is not a PG movie. Like there's rule there are rules now about like the amount yeah, but of blood no, you can show. Right, there's like, a lot of all. blood at the beginning. That's true, um, but I think that's part of the the release that you mentioned, Kevin. That it was supposed to be released in seventy four. It was released in seventy four. But um, what happened? It reminded me of like the music business a little bit. Reading about what happened with this movie, because while it was being made, there was a big changeover at Warner Brothers, and so by the time the movie was finished, the new executives that were in there they didn't really care about it. The people that were behind this movie were gone, and you know, new people want to do different stuff. But then uh, in seventy seven, again, new people were in, and Cohen went back and convinced them, if you really put something behind this we can make some money and they did a tv ad 
with the uh, the baby carriage or the the crib turning and the clock coming out. They put that on TV, and I think that's how they made. The I money. mean, I don't know. Uh, I would. I definitely would nurture a child like that. I would n- not care that people I didn't know at the hospital died. Uh, I would be like, that's my kid. Get away. Well, I, th- I thought that was a big part of the uh, the scene where he's fired. He, Frank goes back to work, and he works for a public relations firm, and there's a really uh, powerful scene where he has to go in and see his boss, and his boss essentially fires him without saying the word fired. And he brings up, uh, this is, you know, not PC, but he, he his boss brings up somebody that has a child with developmental disabilities, although that's not the terminology he uses. <laughs> and he says, you know, and they insist on keeping it in the house. I don't judge them for it. You know, so there's a lot. That's another thing that's sort of at play here is like um, accepting, you know, kids right. who are different, things like that. But you caught a lot of things that I didn't catch, and it, it makes me like it even more. I watched it. I got way. This was baby week. I went whole hog. I was watching this. I was watching the sequels. I watched the remake. I you watched a lot of babies this throwing week. Throwing Grace in there in between. Sure. I think I'm ready to uh, ready have to take a baby? the jump. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. You guys seen the trailer for Carriage? No. Yeah. Oh, don't miss Carriage. Oh. All right, my second selection for Baby Horror Week is a movie from 2009 called Grace. This is free on Tubi right now, or you can rent it on Prime. This is the story of Madeline and Michael, again, expectant parents. Um, they are much younger and seem to be much more excited. Not not that the Davises weren't excited, but this is a more traditional It's their first child. This is kind of a more traditional first child story. Um, the the mother, Madeline, is very committed to this like new age kind of thing. She's going to have a midwife. She's not going to go to a hospital. She's you know vegan and all this stuff. Not that that's really that wild, but the, it gives you this. Her thing is like new age, right? Mm-hmm. And her mother-in-law's thing is very old age. So that's kind of the initial conflict in this movie Mommy. is between the the new age and the old ways. Unfortunately, there was a car accident. Madeline and Michael are in. Michael is killed, and also the unborn child is killed. But Madeline does not want to let the baby go yet. So she kind of takes refuge at the kind of clinic where her midwife works, and her, her midwife decides, against the advice of her staff, of course, that Madeline should be allowed to do this in her own time and just hang out with the dead baby inside her for a while mm. uh, until it's expelled on its <laughs> own. This is the horror, folks. Um, so eventually the baby... Not unlike Namaste. Eventually... <laughs> <laughs> eventually the baby does come out. 
um, and it is stillborn. Well, it's not really stillborn because it was it was killed in the accident. Um, it's a long, lingering look at a dead baby being cradled by a, a mother in denial. But uh, what happens is that she wills this baby to life. The next thing you know, the baby is cooing and suckling on its mother's ample bosom. And you're off and running to the baby horror. It turns out this baby needs more than milk. Woo! Oh, this movie was uh, very dramatic, I would say. Um, It was, I don't know, it was like this weird situation in which this uh, mother, this new mother, also had a relationship with uh, her midwife that she's chosen. Um, And then it gets very intense. And then there's this like, the, the birth scene, like, was a lot, I think, personally. Um, you know, as Trent said, this woman was like, I'm going to keep this baby for an extra two weeks. <laughs> it was a long time. Why not? Um, I'm I'm not a doctor, and I have never said that I have ever been one. You've never claimed it, to no, be fair. Never. I, and I want everyone TV, to know, yeah. you've you, never said you. that you were a doctor. Pretty sure keeping a dead baby in you for a little longer than necessary um, might interrupt some organs internal things maybe i don't know make it stinky and gross who knows um it was a very hard to watch birth and like i went from watching it's alive and i'm like oh you know that was emotional that was intense that was something to this you know woman's giving birth to a dead baby you know in a pool which i'm definitely happens in real life i'm not saying that it's not something that doesn't happen in real life when people have to give birth to stillborns and things like that it's very sad not something that like we should joke about or anything like that but then this baby all of a sudden is like just kidding haha and then you have to take a turn and you're like whoa and then kind of i don't know fucking go from there i guess it's very stressful to me just as a woman in general I've never birthed a baby, you know, I'm childless, which is fine. I have, I had cats. I have one cat now. Um, but just thinking about keeping this thing, I don't know, at one point, if it's dead, you know, it's a thing inside of you and like having to carry it to term, it's a very odd sort of body horror that I feel like we haven't really experienced yet. Like, on the podcast like maybe you know for the Cronenberg episode you know when she's you know popping out the babies and licking them but we never really the brood we never really get into this kind of intense sort of like carrying a child to term body horror until this one Um, so it just got kind of intense but then it didn't but then that was it to me like we went through all this intense shit and then we went through all of this in a very short span of time and then the rest of the movie was then just like this baby is uh, undead and then it's just like very oddly paced and then we're introduced to this weird grandma who's like breastfeeding somehow I don't know it was an odd movie I'd love to kind of figure out what the fuck they thought was going on (laughs) for it, to be honest. But I don't know. It was very odd. Didn't really get to any point for me that was any kind of resolution to anything. It just kind of seemed like a weird body horror birth 
jumble. So the conversation tonight has been really invigorating for me in that like the it's a live conversation, like really in real time and and to be honest, some pre-roll. Like <laughs> it got me more into that movie. You guys are gonna have to work a lot fucking harder oh. for this one. <laughs> I found this movie to be really bad. Wow. So I'm interested I'm interested in what it was like trying to say, if I could see like the the whole script. But Paul Soleil, who directed this and would go on to do something much cooler in the anthology Tales of Halloween. Make fun of me for how much I love anthologies, but he <laughs> did a bully segment, The Week in the Wicked, in that movie that I think is fucking great. Uh, it's and I love the local connection. Like he's a Cambridge, Mass guy. Like I love the fact that this is like we have northeast, like local connects here. It's just really bad. It looks like a Lifetime movie. The acting is is terrible. Jordan Ladd. <clears throat> who plays the mother in this, who was in Hostel 2 in the in the beginning. Um, but she was in Cabin Fever. Club Dread. Yeah, Club Dread. About. Yes, Broken Lizard. Death Proof. Um, I just found this to be like a movie that had so many stories it didn't finish. So I love... Like you nailed it. Like it's a very original thing, Cat. Like for like to have like a dead baby carried to term, hmm. like that. Like when you use that terminology, like to term, the baby's dead. Like how is it still growing? And she gives birth to it, and then suddenly it's alive, and it, it's alive, and she wants to mother this baby. All she's she's had a couple miscarriages before this. So, yes, that I I forgot to mention she had two miscarriages. So this yes. is her third attempt at pregnancy. Yeah. And the death of the husband is tragic. Not he's, that she cares. He's all yep, she doesn't care. Again, this both movies this week have people that just don't care enough about things that are going on. <laughs> and both <laughs> movies this week have zero explanation as to why the babies are as fucked up as they are, I would like to point out. Like it's alive, never tells you what could possibly They only they hint at oh, various yeah, things. Yeah, 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 they do. Very but this one especially is like, what? Why? Like, why does the baby end up this way? Yeah. It's very, very slowly paced. I will say, if you want to start talking me into liking this movie, because I think it's fucking terrible, <laughs> uh, the gore is really good. Like, the actual horror sequences of this movie are great. They, they're impactful. Um, I just... It's alive. I think I know what it's trying to say. This movie, I have no idea what it's trying to say. I think that there's a vampirism element to it. Um, but, I mean, please start talking me into liking this movie. Well, um, you know, if the other movie, uh, It's Alive, was like a... You know, say we were talking like it was like a sequel to uh, Rosemary's Baby or there are people who were talking about that or there's similar yeah. movies like that. I would say if this movie were that to a movie, it would be called Outside. Mm. And it would be a sequel to Inside. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Sure. What do you think about that, Trent? <laughs> wow. You're like that. Quick take. You have a manner sometimes that invites. You know, I was inviting I, I was just, you. I, I was you were, inviting you because I... 
Well, I was going to say inside is kind of like baby horror in a way. It is. But it's inside. The, right, the prenatal horror. <laughs> um, I, I like this movie, even though I will agree that it was kind of like a Lifetime movie. But I kind of yeah. like horror movies that are like Rough. Lifetime movies. Um, and I think uh, the horror in this is like, this was made in an era where it was cool to show people like graphic home videos of your wife crowning and insist Ew. that it's beautiful you know what i mean like no. so i think that people are like <laughs> people are like afraid of this kind of stuff and i love the cringe factor of like non-stop nipple gore oh like that's nipple all, gore nipple that's a gore good forever. that's a new one a nipple yeah. gore movie yeah. yeah and i cringe every single time so this is one of the, like i that's essential in body horror you have to be like oh like, what's happening um uh, I love the mother-in-law so much. I think she's mommy of the week. <laughs> what? Uh, Definitely yeah. mommy Ugh. of the week. Well, what? Well, Gross. this is why. Because I was like picturing like a family somewhere being like at Thanksgiving. Like grandma was in a horror movie. And the stuff she does in this for and her what, age. She's like, she's still like, like letting like her 37-year-old son breastfeeding. Yes. That was her son? Yeah, it w- I thought that was her husband. She goes hard. The mother-in-law goes super hard in this. That's why I think she should be Mommy of the Week. Um, not that she was a good character, but as an actress, uh, she went hard. Um, but I, I like this movie. Um, I had seen it before, and I didn't mind going through it again a second time. Um, yeah, didn't hate it, didn't love it, but it's a it's a good horror movie. Cat, I couldn't. Were you? Yeah, were you thumbs up or thumbs down? I, I wasn't sure. I wanted to reiterate, I did not like this movie. Okay. I'm so uh, okay. sorry. I didn't okay. mean to Thank you for, mess yes. anybody up and think that I liked this movie. I thought this movie was terrible. But wow. wow. I love I'm with you, Kat. Trent. This movie was good. Thank you. <laughs> what I was trying to get across, because, you know, I go for silver linings. I'm not a half empty kind of gal. Sure. No. For the no, podcast. No. <laughs> Uh, for the podcast, yeah. yeah, just in general. But um, I, th- I was just saying, it was a very intense start to the film, and so okay. I was like, I was ready to enjoy it, and then the rest of the movie happened, and I was not. I thought this was terrible. The over was it the A D R or whatever over it. Everything was god awful. Wow. Um, I didn't really understand the mommy milker scene with the grandma and her yeah. husband. I didn't yeah. really get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a crazy scene. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, also, yeah, I, I don't know. And then the ending when they're just like, oh, we're on our in our motor home. And oh, no, she is teething, teething now. Yeah. Like, it She's was just teething. It was literally the worst. Another one was born in Seattle. She's, She's teething. teething. Those yeah. are the, Those the are twin the lines, right, yes. that end both movies. Kevin, you, what were you going to say? I, I think that it was – so this was based off of a short film that yes, Soleil that did. Start a Brian Austin Green. Which starred Brian Austin <laughs> Green. Megan Fox's wow. former when bow. I saw that, I was like, I have to go watch that immediately. And then I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> did you did you find it? I didn't look for it, but I know I had no interest. Oh, after you saw this, you didn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm yeah, getting shellacked here. Ooh. No, did not care. Uh, it, there were so many things like, so like, like Michael and his mom. 
so Michael being the the father, the father. of yep. our baby Grace, like what was up with him and his mom? Like, I can I can tell you that, but go go ahead if okay. you have more questions. So I'm going to answer all the questions when everybody's done he was asking. Three, we have like a Game of Thrones thing going breastfed, on. I'm sorry, I <laughs> yeah. I stepped on that. You said he was breastfed until he was three. Yeah, that's important. Uh, and then Doctor Sohn, who is the mother-in-law, so Michael's mom, Doctor Sohn, she's pushing him on um, to Madeline. Like, what was the, the, there was the a real weird doctor, relationship there? Um, then you had Patty and Madeline. So Patty is the one that owns the birthing clinic, midwife. Yes, and they, she's a prof- she was a professor who Madeline was a student of. And then you also have. Uh, why is Grace a vampire? Is Grace a vampire? Uh, there's so many storylines in this script that are like barely brushed on that I would have been super interested in. Well, this what this movie is about, and I, I honestly, to me, I, I wonder like if, you know, Paul Soleil's mom saw this and what she thought of it. Because to me, you know, the tagline of this movie is love undying. In reference to the baby who's undead, but really to me, what this is about is is the eternal motherhood, not not being able to let go of motherhood in the negative sense. You know, the the negative and dark side of eternal motherhood. Once a mother, always a mother. And so the 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 mother in law that you're talking about, Kevin, she's the classic overbearing can't let go it's her son i thought maybe it was a joke that he was breastfed until he was three but that's right in line with her character so she's still trying to be a mother to her son to the extent that she's pushing her doctor onto uh, his wife and she's trying to control everything that they do of course she disapproves of it all and at the end she ends up busting out her old breast pump and pumping her own breast and then making her husband suckle from her breast in bed you think she's gonna like jump his bones but she just makes him suckle her breast so that's her she can't let go of being a mother to the extent that it becomes very dark and that's the same thing with madeline madeline cannot let go of this dead baby she just can't uh it means too much to her and so she is willing to feed a zombie baby blood yes the baby needs blood he's not sucking milk after a certain point she she, she. excuse me grace Grace is is biting the nipple to to live on blood. There's a scene where Madeline tries to feed the baby uh, cow cow blood, and the baby like has a seizure. It has to be human blood. So again, that that to me that's the through line is that dark side of motherhood. I like the uh, the antique breast pumps. Yeah, I just I've just grown to distrust anything that's like the old way. And they just yeah. pulled those out, and it was just kind of scary. I don't even, you know, I can't be milked, but... That was kind of, and that was what was he said. It was intimidating. He, he said, like, these are better. The, the old one, he says something yeah, the about... the leather. It did sound more comfortable <laughs> on your skin, like leather and brass, but it was just scary and intimidating. I mean, the movie just, it looked like a Lifetime movie. It was filmed in Canada. I love the lighting. I thought the lighting was interesting. It's the Canada part of it. a lot of Canada, a lot of supernatural people. If you look up the I Yeah, I didn't... I wasn't going to bring it up, so I'm glad you did because I love Supernatural and I was like, oh, Supernatural, oh, oh. Yes. Yeah, but... I don't... I don't... don't, Like, Trent, your your description of the movie was, like, very... That was very poignant. That was very deep. But the movie itself never conveys anything 
Like you, you spent a lot of time. Well, it conveyed it to me. That's why I remembered it from 2009. Oh, oh so you I are, saw it when okay, it came so out. So this is like an intellectual thing. I just didn't pick up on it. No, no, I just or that was, was what just, I. Or th- maybe it was just a bad ooh. movie that didn't pick up. No, I'm just saying I wasn't properly convey. I wasn't trying to be deep. I just to me that was the to me message of the movie. To me, it's a mid-level movie that has become part of the canon that you talk about because of. The gore parts, the shock value, some of the stuff, the cringy stuff I was talking about, it's, you know, become kind of a cult classic because of that and some of its reputation. Uh, much like Teeth, I thought, it like, was around like the same time that came, came out. And they, like I said, I like these horror movies that are kind of cheap. I feel like I uh, like The Girl Next Door also had a cheapness to it that was like a lifetime movie. But, you know, like I kind of like that and I excuse a lot from like this era of stuff especially when it's so grotesque and it's indie you know i thought it was really interestingly lit i thought the look i see what you're saying as far as the lifetime look it's very like kind of soft it has a soft look to it but i thought that the lighting was really interesting there's that scene with um the uh, mother-in-law and when she's talking to her doctor and asking him to go check on Madeline because Madeline won't let her see the baby because she doesn't want anybody to know that she's feeding a zombie baby blood. And um, it's the way it's shot that the sun is shining directly at the camera through like the blinds. I thought there was a lot of stuff like that that I, 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 I get that it looked kind of soft, but I thought it was interesting. It's, it's fine. Like the sh- it's, it's not that like they didn't get good shots. Like we're watching it right now. And like, I mean... This scene when when the baby oh Grace is actually born. This is, is a brutal it's a scene. very impactful scene. But I mean, I think he was maybe wasting more time getting a good shot than figuring out how to actually pull together like a good script. Like the short film was probably good. It probably got like, you know, accolades. But eh, you like you tried to stretch something that was like 10 minutes into an hour and a half and there's way more story here that like we could have done like this scene the birth is a good seven eight minutes i could have used like a little like the scene you're talking about trent where she does go to meet dr Sohn in his office like they introduce like a relationship between the mother-in-law and dr Sohn that could have been fleshed out and instead so it got my brain leaving like the main storyline and being like ooh what's going on here and they never gave me that payoff like they never gave me answers and this is not an artsy film that I would expect to not give me answers what's the difference between a dead baby and Pamela Anderson what Dave I've never cut the head off Pamela Anderson what's grosser than gross nice what Trent uh, ten dead babies in a trash can. What's grosser than that? What, Trent? One dead baby in ten trash cans. <laughs> oh, oh. You don't remember that from the schoolyard, third grade, yeah. fourth grade? Remember How do you that make one? a dead baby float? <laughs> what? Oh, I don't remember. How? Two sc- scoops of ice cream and one dead baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Here's a good one. How do you uh, take care of women's rights? I don't know. Me neither, Did Trent. Oh, apparently, because God. fucking Roe versus Wade is getting out of here, and nothing matters. Luckily, I have a thing in my arm, and um, 
hopefully I can get abortions in the future. Who knows? I thought it was a timely, a timely topic. Um, I meant to mention that It's Alive is VOD right now. Um, and there's also a, a kind of a, a, a seven degrees of Kevin Bacon-like connection that we can make with the performers in both of these movies. The remake of It's Alive, which was direct-to-video 2009, was written by Larry Cohen, or wrote the screenplay anyway, who later disowned it. And there's quotes of him all over saying that he hates that movie. I thought it was bad, but... Um, but Bijou Phillips is the mother in that movie. And it's kind of a different take. It changes the story just a little bit. It's it's more like Grace where the baby is born. The, the baby massacres everyone, but nobody knows who did it because they don't believe that the baby could have done it. So the baby looks like more normal. Um, but Bijou Phillips was in Hostel 2, as was Jordan Ladd. Yeah, and she's married to a fucking absolute monster. Who? who? Oh, Jordan, Jordan Danny Ladd's... Danny Masterson. Who? Danny Masterson. He oh, played her... Stephen Hyde in that '70s show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's My first husband. crush and is Bijou been, Phillips' husband. Uh, oh, you're talking about Bijou Phillips. I thought you meant um, Jordan Ladd. No, yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. And he's been me too, like really hard. And she has been not terribly credible. I, I was wondering what um, Phillips had been up to up lately. To like what her husband has done. Yep. Yeah, I was wondering what Phillips had been up to lately, so I kind of looked, I, and I found out about all that, and they have, a, a like, a blood feud with um, Cedric Bilkser from Mars Volta, like, yes. his, his wife, wife or whatever. Yeah. Because that's one of the people that is okay, that was suing right. okay. Danny Masterson gotcha. for raping her. Well, I think Grace is an awesome horror movie. I have been thinking about it since the first time I saw it. Don't listen to these naysayers. <laughs> I recommend it's free on Tubi. You should check out Grace. Kevin hates this movie. <laughs> <laughs>